How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes mid swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Let's go. Now from Cardinal Spring Training in Jupiter, Florida, and the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center, once again, Matt Pauley. We are into hour number two of Sports Open Line, a Graybar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. We continue to broadcast from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter and Cardinals Spring Training. Cardinals earlier today, they lose to the Houston Astros by a 6 nothing score. That ends a three-game Grapefruit League winning streak for them. They faced off against some really, really good pitching uh, from the Astros today. They're back at tomorrow. They'll take on the Marlins again. That's going to be a streaming broadcast tomorrow, available at cardinals.com, mlb.com, the MLB app, uh, mlb.tv, wherever you happen to get your streaming uh, broadcast for Major League Baseball. That's where you'll be able to find it uh, tomorrow. Mike Claiborne and uh, myself will be uh, on the call on, uh, again, all those uh, streaming broadcasts. Websites, platforms, apps, whatever you want to, uh, whatever you want to call them. If you want to get in contact with the show, best way to do so on Twitter. Find me there at Matt Pauley on air, M A T T P A U L E Y on air. We talked a little bit about Adam Wainwright in the first hour of the show. I just I don't know what to make of it. I was having some conversations with people because you look at social media. There's a lot of people out there who do not think that Adam Wainwright should be going to the World Baseball Classic that if he's having an issue with um, whether it's his finger and the burn or whether it's the uh, the hitch in his lower body. And, and I thought it was notable. Oliver Marmel made a point. He made a very concerted point to say, this is not a physical problem. This is not an injury. This is not an ailment for Wainwright. It's just something that you're working through. Because we do. We've seen, we've seen players across baseball pull out of the World Baseball Classic as a result of injuries. And I think they're trying to differentiate that to what what Wainwright is going through, basically saying that what Wainwright's going through is not an injury. So I think it's a I do think it's an interesting question to be sure. Is is it appropriate for Wainwright to be playing, to be pitching, to going to the World Baseball Classic? I think it is. I think it totally is. For for a couple reasons. Uh, first off, like one of these things is not like the other. You know, there are some things that Wainwright wants to do before his career comes to an end. And one of those things is pitching the World Baseball Classic. This is very important. If we're talking about a, a 25-year-old guy 
uh, who's dealing with some some small things in camp, then maybe it makes a little bit more sense for them not to head to the WBC. On this one, it's uh, it's okay. Like it just this is something he wants to do, and even for some reason it, it pushes him back. I, there's the Cardinals don't need Adam Wainwright to be available on opening day. Like in a perfect world, he would be. In a perfect world, you'd have Wainwright available on opening day. They don't need Wainwright on opening day. And I think one of the questions that we're going to be asking is, is Wainwright one of the top five starting pitchers on opening day? Even if he's not, if he's healthy, he's probably still in the rotation. And and you would think there's a good chance that he kind of pitches himself into that spot but it's just a little bit different with him as he goes into his final season. And if he's not available for opening day, if, if this lower body hitch does at some point in time turn into something, well, then it turns into something. I, it really doesn't matter how many times he pitches in April and May and even June and July. You just, you want him to have some moments. You want him to be able to get some milestones. He's talked about that and, and you want him pitching at his best as the season comes to an end so that he has the potential opportunity to be part of a postseason run. And when I say part of a postseason run, I literally mean part of a postseason run. He didn't pitch last year in the postseason. I would argue that he wasn't really part of the postseason run just in the sense that uh, he did not pitch. Now, he would have probably gone in game three if they would have uh, gotten to that point, but we we never really know for sure on, on anything like that. So, he wants to play in the WBC. He may not be 100% physic, uh, physically okay right now. If he's not ready for the start of the season, he's not ready for the start of the season. They've got a numbers crunch when it comes to starting pitching. Uh, we still have no clue what the role is going to be for a Dakota Hudson, who's kind of the de facto number six starter. And then you look at some of the other players. The best, The best Cardinal in today's game was Jake Woodford who goes out there and has five strikeouts in, in three innings. Uh, Matthew Libertor the other day, he pitched. He was really good. Like If these other guys, if these other starting pitchers, if the guys that we view as being AAA starters, Memphis starters, if they all continue to pitch really well, well, then that's just that much less pressure to have everybody available Right at the uh, right at the start of the season, most specifically Adam Wainwright. I'm not predicting that he's not going to be available, but for the people on for the social media folks out there who are oh so worried about the implications of Adam Wainwright going to the World Baseball Classic, my response, my reaction to that is, even in a worst case, maybe not worst case scenario. Worst case scenario is he suffers some sort of horrible injury and he doesn't pitch the rest of the year. But so let's not go worst case scenario, but even in a, in a pretty bad case scenario where something happens and it impacts him negatively and he ends up starting the season on the injured list. Like even if that happens in the grand scheme of things for the Cardinals, it really doesn't matter that much. That's part of the benefit of being in the NL central. Like there's good things and bad things about being in the NL central. The good thing is, you should be able to win the division and get into the playoffs with the roster you've put together. I think where you can argue the negative of being in the NL Central is maybe there's not as much fire under some uh, some parts of the front office to make moves. Like I say all the time, if you're in the East or the West and you didn't put together your best possible roster during the offseason and you have a slow start to the year, 
you could be done. When you just look at the teams and the talent level and the amount of money that has been spent in the NL East and the NL West, you have to be ready to compete from the moment the season gets started. That's not true in the NL Central. You can have a slow start. You can have a horribly slow start in the NL Central, and in all likelihood, you're still going to end up being in a pretty good spot. So there's there's positives to that, but, yeah, there's I, th- I think it's fair to say that there are some uh, negatives to that as well. All right, here's what we've still got coming up uh, this hour. Daniel Guerrero, STL Today, St. Louis Post-Dispatch, STL Pinchets. He's going to join us coming up in uh, just a few moments. We'll talk about the Cardinals, but we'll also talk a lot about prospects and talk about young players. There's a lot of young players opening up some eyes right now. If, they, if, if the eyes weren't already open, they're getting opened uh, based off what's going on here during spring. Also, uh, we'll hear from uh, manager Oliver Marmel, some of his comments from today. That's all coming up. It's Graybar Sports Open Line from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter here on KMOX. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast sports over line is back we are broadcasting from the tr hughes homes broadcast center in jupiter florida we're joined right now by uh, Daniel Guerrero, STL Today, St. Louis Post-Dispatch, STL Pinch Hits. He's all over the place covering the Cardinals, covering Cardinals prospects. You follow him on Twitter at the Dan Guerrero. 
Daniel, thanks for taking some time. How are you? I'm doing good, Matt. Thanks for inviting me. Did I miss anything on all the places people can read you? I think that's about it. Actually, if I can plug something real quick. Yeah, let's uh, do it. Best podcast in the minors. uh, That's, you know, kind of, you know, Derek Gould has the best podcast in baseball. Carter Chapley and I co-host the best podcast in the minors on STL Today and STL Pinch Hits. Well, now... Before it was only on STL Pinch, it's now it's on STL Today. It's on all your podcast uh, streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you find your podcast at. So I'm excited about that being uh, more available to listeners. So I'm a little torn. I am a (laughs) Post-Dispatch subscriber. Okay. And I'm an STL Pinch Hit <laughs> subscriber. So every time you guys take stuff that was exclusively on <laughs> STL Pinch Hits and make it available to everything, I feel like I'm getting less value for my uh, STL Pinch Hits subscription. Just throwing that out there. Oh, why? <laughs> <laughs> um, you need Carter Chapley to wear the hats like Tom Timmerman wears because he's been doing those soccer podcast I, videos with I'll, Tom. I'll let him know. Okay. Do you own a hat like Tom Timmerman? No, I don't own a hat like that. Okay. I, I I used to wear a lot of hats like in high school and stuff, but now I just kind of I wear a couple of hats every now and then. But SD an SD, San Diego State hat or something like that. That's about it. Tom Timmerman's hat game is on point. It's not up there. I don't think it's up there with commissions just yet. Okay, but Tom Timmerman knows how to style a hat. All right, so let's get into uh, why you're here. You're covering the Cardinals, but you're also covering all the minor leaguers. For you, like I I talk to you. And you get so passionate about the minor league guys, which is really cool. You're the perfect person for doing the job uh, that you do. How much do you enjoy, though, also being around, being able to be around the major league team and, and cover that side of it as well? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a cool kind of best of both worlds. Um, being, a, I mean, obviously in the major league clubhouse, obviously that main goal for those 26 uh, players in there and the coaching staff is to ultimately win a World Series at the end of the year. I mean, obviously, it's a little bit different on the minor league side where you have guys who are pushing for that major league dream to get to, you know, to get to that big league clubhouse. And you have guys who are, you know, further down in their development, guys who are, you know, 18, 19 years old who understand and, you know, they're eager to to get things going. But, I mean, it's it's interesting to kind of follow along with, with their development and kind of where they're at. Um, I mean, just in the last year where, I mean, we're talking about Jordan Walker being you know, one of the youngest players in double A, I mean, the youngest player in the Texas league, uh, an opening day last year with Springfield. And a year later, now we're talking about him possibly, you know, swinging his way into, you know, immediate plans for the Cardinals. It's kind of complicated to explain the way it works with minor leaguers here, because Mm -hmm. you have one group that's the minor leaguers who are invited to big league spring training. Then you have another group that are in kind of the step program, which they've been here for a while, but they're kind of off on their own. But occasionally they get an opportunity to do some big league camp. And then actual minor league camp hasn't even really gotten started mm-hmm. yet. And that's where everybody else comes in. So as a minor leaguer, you kind of know where you're staying based off what camp you're assigned to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of an interesting thing um, this year because, I mean, we talk a lot about the non-roster invites or non-roster invitees getting a chance during the World Baseball Classic to step in and get those innings and get those at bats that Cardinals, you know, starters of veteran players would have. That there's a trickle down to that. I mean, and those step camp guys who we've kind of seen make a couple of cameos in these Grapefruit League games. I mean, those guys are going to also um, could eventually get opportunities. I mean, we've seen a couple. I mean, Connor Lund pitched a couple of days ago. I mean, he spent the last season in Springfield. Um, Victor, I think Victor Scott got into a game a while ago. Mike Antico got into a game. I mean. Inokan Paniawa warmed up a couple times today, but didn't get in. Uh, Cooper Jerpy, you know, first round pick from last year, uh, has been in the bullpen, you know, if needed. I mean, so, I mean, it, it's kind of an interesting trickle down in, in that aspect. 
Yeah, Cooper Jerpy was was on the not travel roster, but available mm-hmm. roster uh, for the game today. And if something would have gone wrong at some point, maybe he gets that opportunity to pitch in a in a major league grapefruit league game. And I actually talked to Oliver Marmel about that, mm-hmm. asked him about that today. And just that experience, just even being in the big league bullpen for some of these super young guys it can have some really positive impact on them. Oh, yeah, I think so. Just being around, uh, I mean, and you hear it a lot with the non-roster invitees in the big league clubhouse. I mean, it's their first time there, and they're, you know, Michael McGreevy talked earlier this this spring about kind of being, you know, attaching himself to the side of, you know, Adam Wainwright and Jack Flaherty, and you see that. I mean, guys, obviously veterans have, you know, a standard. They go about their business, and a lot of guys learn from that. Um. So there's, I think the guys that we talk about the most, young players, you mentioned Jordan Walker, Tink Hens, Mason Wynn, Gordon Graceffo. I think those are the young guys that mm-hmm. I hear people talking about the most. For, let's kind of go through each of them. Jordan Walker, do you think he's going to make the big league club? Uh, I feel like it's really early to tell. I yeah. mean, we're only a few games in the spring. Um, I think a lot of those opportunities for him to show what he can do are coming up soon. Um, Lars Newtbar is already in Japan uh, you know, reporting for Team Japan for the World Baseball Classic, Tyler O'Neill, um, in the you know pretty soon will be leaving to Arizona to report for Team Canada. So, I mean, those outfield opportunities will come for him, and I mean, I I, I think we'll get a better picture of that. I mean, in, um, later this spring. I mean, I know it's uh kind of a, a non-answer, I guess, mm-hmm. but I mean, it, it's still really early to kind of predict. I mean, it's March second, um, so I mean, there's there's still plenty of time to to figure out what uh his chances are. I have been pleasantly surprised by Mason Wynn because I had not seen him play before this year, and I heard extraordinary from a defensive standpoint, maybe lacking a little bit from a hitting standpoint. And I, he's making solid contact. He had his first mm-hmm. strikeout of spring today. Uh, I, he, he's not pushing for a big league roster spot, I don't think, but he's another guy with Tommy Edmond uh, already gone, with Paul DeYoung a little bit banged up. He's going to get lots of opportunities, and it seems like he's already doing something with those. Oh, yeah. I mean, we saw that today. I mean, threw a ball from shorts. I mean, went to his left, slid, grabbed, uh, brought in the grounder, popped up, threw a ball to first base at 99.9 miles an hour mm-hmm. and got the uh, the batter out. Um, I mean, and, and like you mentioned, I mean, his chances of making the opening team roster this year – um, obviously, you have Tommy Edmond short. You have Brendan Donovan playing second and all over the place on the infield. <laughs> um, and, and that's something Mason Wynn acknowledged the other day that, you know, he his chances, you know, maybe not be the best this year, but something he's uh, just being in big league camp is something that he's just uh, trying to make the most of, just being around those guys. Uh, and, you know, I mean, it, it and it's it's really interesting to see him out there just because I know a lot of times, like you mentioned, we talk a lot about Jordan Walker, and this is, the guy who was drafted behind him, the guys who, you know, one of his, Jordan Walker's best friends. I mean, uh, that, I mean, those two kind of go hand in hand um, and to see Mason Wynn get these opportunities and see how he's done so far. I mean, it, it is, it is really impressive. I mean, cause uh, just like Jordan Walker, he's only 20 years old. And I mean, he's this really explosive player, this guy who, you know, has a lot of tools. I mean, that kind of go overlooked. There's nobody who has moved up prospect rankings quicker and uh, a, a bigger jump than a, a Gordon Graceffo. And he's been mm-hmm. impressive in Grapefruit League games so far. I hadn't seen him pitch. I, he, his style is a little bit different as well. Just his delivery looks a little bit different than what you normally see. But he seems like somebody who's going to be the real deal. Yeah. I mean, then this is, I mean, going back to last spring, I mean, he spent, uh, you know, the 20, what, 20 off season heading into the 2022 uh, regular season uh, working on his velocity. He wanted to get it up. He knew he could. 
really push it and he touched triple digits and that I mean really like you said catapulted his uh like uh, prospect ranking um got off to a really quick start with Peoria last year moved up to Springfield uh the innings kind of wore on him and he acknowledged that that uh you know he had a was on was on kind of a, a workload limit towards the end of the year to get his body right and he finished strong I mean he threw 16 and two-thirds scoreless innings in his last three starts struck out nine in his last start uh, I think that was against Amarillo and uh I mean, now he's coming, in, you know, into this spring training. Uh, same thing, non-roster invitee, some guy who, you know, could make some noise in, in the opportunities he gets. I mean, and when, like you said, compared to last year, I mean, he was just on the backfields. I mean, he uh, pitching, I mean, he got into a sim game against some major leaguers last year um, that kind of, you know, put him on a little bit bigger of a radar. And I mean, the, the differences from 2022 to 2023 are, are, are pretty noticeable. Teen Ken's the last guy to ask you about in kind of that group. He's so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. The the velocity, the his style, the way he pitches. Uh, social media loves him. Uh, when Oliver Marmel's asked about it, he you know he says it's it's real. That velocity is real. Everything he's doing is real. He was another guy who was very much on kind of a pitch restriction last year. The way they handled him. I talked to him earlier. He said he was uh, hoping that maybe there'd be an opportunity to maybe go six or seven at some point this year. We'll see what they do with him. But another player that Cardinals fans can be really excited about. Oh, definitely. Like you said, that that pitch restriction. I mean, he same thing. I mean, he's that third. Uh, when you look at that 2020 draft class, you have, you know, Jordan Walker at Cardinals first round mm-hmm. pick. You have Mason Wynn second round pick. Uh, the first competitive balance round pick they had was taken with Tink Kent's, another high school product, you know, didn't pitch. Uh, didn't go to the alt side in Springfield that year. Uh, only had eight and I think eight and a third innings in, uh, in the complex league in 2021. And then, you know, got up to four innings of work with Palm beach last year in low a, um, but I mean, it's been, a, it's been a gradual increase, which is something we'll see this year. And obviously, like you said, he's eager to do, um, but yeah, like you said, his stuff, it's, um, it's seen it in person, seen it down here, seen him against some big league players. I mean, he got it, made his grapefruit league debut and faced Pete Alonzo, got him to the ground out, um, got a strike out on that inning. And, and you see, I mean, you see that, that makeup of, of a guy who, you know, is when, when you talk about top pitching prospects kind of fits that mold. Just a few more questions as uh, we are continuing to uh, be joined by Daniel Guerrero from uh, STL Today and the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. You mentioned that that draft class, and, and that was a, a shortened draft because of COVID stuff. Have we gotten to a point yet? You know, a lot of these guys mm-hmm. on that COVID year, the guys who didn't go to the alt site, they missed a year of competitive baseball. They missed uh, Maybe they didn't miss a year of development, but they probably didn't develop at the same speed as they, they normally would. Have most of these guys kind of gone past that, or do you think there are still guys who are being impacted from that lost summer? Um, I think it depends. I mean, because when, when I think about that 2020 draft class and the guys who, you know, we really haven't gotten to see, I mean, Ian Bedell comes to mind. I mean, he was a Mizzou product, uh, got drafted by the Cardinals, and uh, ended up make, uh, pitching in 2020, uh, 2021 with with Peoria and then had Tommy John, and he's been set back by a lot of that. So, I mean, there there was that, that kind of, uh, I guess, layover and kind of that uh, – that carryover of that shortened high school year or college year, um, depending on, you know, what player you're talking about. Um, but I mean, I think we're getting to a point now where it's like, you know, the, the opportunities are still there. Um, obviously there are other factors outside of, of just having regular games and a regular schedule for, mm-hmm. for the first time in a while. Um, but I mean, I, I think we're kind of getting to that point where, you know, we're, we're really seeing um, some of these guys flourish and some of these guys still, um, Try, you know, to, to get their feet under them in, in pro baseball. 
So the way it works out here is when things are going on at a major league level, we have a pretty good idea of who's on what field and when the things are going to happen. We're given a piece of paper like it's we're really taken care of. And that doesn't happen with all organizations. So we're lucky to be covering the Cardinals in that sense. But when it comes to the minor league guys on the backfields, it's not quite as media friendly because it shouldn't like there's just not as much interest. You're one of the few people that's here really focusing in on that. So take me through what is it like for you, especially going to the backfields and trying to find certain guys that you want to see and, and things like that. What is that process like for you? Yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, the other day I was out there and I, I was literally the only person sitting there. I mean, uh, the step camp is going on, you know, catchers going through drills with uh, Peoria manager Patrick Anderson on one field infielders taking ground balls with Jose Okendo and uh, Palm Beach manager Gary Kendall on the other field. You know, pitchers throwing on another field, outfielders doing drills on another one. So it's like I'm just kind of there. Um, luckily, you know, I've been some guys kind of recognize me. I'm not, you know, a total stranger out there. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's kind of an interesting setup. I mean, even today where uh, there was a sim game, uh, some of the step camp guys were used to play defense. And on one field and on another field, there was a step camp kind of sim game um, for guys to get innings and at bats and around the infield, you have guys out of position. You had Leonardo Bernal, who's a catching eight, 19 year old catching prospect playing second base just because they, they just needed, you know, guys out there to put on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's pretty interesting to see the differences. Um, in, in, like you said, in that where, I mean, so many guys out there, um, getting their work in kind of in the shadows, I guess, of, you know, the big league games going on at Roger Dean. And these guys are also out there, getting working on the backfields. How crazy does it get when minor league camp really opens? And it's going to be crazy. I mean, it's a lot of players. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's going to be uh, really like a sea of red, I guess, of, you know, all these guys wearing the same Cardinal jerseys and um, some guys wearing the same number. Um, you obviously, you know, you run, there's only a certain amount of numbers and there's, you know, over 150 minor leaguers that show up. So, I mean, it, it, uh, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot of action. A lot of fun. We see that sometimes in the Grateful League games. If a step camp guy comes in, a lot of times they're wearing a number of somebody who's already (laughs) on the big league roster. So there might be two 36s out there or something like that. (laughs) You got to be really careful when you're looking at the roster and figuring out who's who. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's funny because I feel like when I see a guy warming up in the bullpen, I'm like, oh, I know who that is because they recognize him. And some other people are like, I really don't know. I mean, just because, I mean, it's a step camp guy who, you know, kind of has been, uh, you know, not – not as prominent of a, of a prospect or on that prospect radar. Um, but I mean, kind of like ears perk up of like, Oh, like, Oh, he's warming up in the yeah. bullpen. He's uh, Daniel Guerrero. You read him uh, STL today, post dispatch STL pinch hits. Listen to the best podcast in, uh, in the minors. He and Carter Chapley uh, do that together. And uh, yeah, follow him on Twitter at the Dan Guerrero. Daniel, thank you so much for the time. This is oh, great. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for inviting me. Daniel Guerrero, join us. We'll take a break, and uh, we'll hear uh, some of what Oliver Marmel had to say earlier today. That's up next as Sports Open Line from TRU's home. The broadcast Center in Jupiter continues in just a moment on KMOX. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. 
Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Elle King, The King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes Smith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Let's go. Now from Cardinal Spring Training in Jupiter, Florida and the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center, once again, Matt Pauley. It is a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. It continues on right here on KMOX as we broadcast from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter. My name is Matt Pauley. As always, if you want to get in touch with the program, you can do so. Best way to do so is uh, on Twitter, at Matt Pauley on air. Whether you're listening to the show live or listening to it back in podcast form, we can always continue the conversation on Twitter and always uh, enjoy being able to uh, do that. Just also a reminder for you, tomorrow's uh, Cardinals game against the Marlins, it's going to be another streaming game game like it was today so if you are looking for the play-by-play of tomorrow's game which is another uh, 1205 first pitch you'll be able to tune in at cardinals.com mldb.com uh, the mlb app i think if you've got mlb.tv everywhere that uh, mlb streams you can find it right there all right we have uh, hit the portion of the program where we like to have a little bit of fun with audio going back through the uh, things that were said um, by uh, manager oliver marmel today again he does two media sessions, one before the game and one after the game. Some of this audio coming from there, uh, from the first one, some coming from the uh, latter one, but certainly want to roll through all the different storylines and narratives uh, of the day. The Cardinals uh, do end up losing their game 6-0. Really good pitching from the Astros. Cardinals just could not get a whole lot going. Uh, Prior to the game, though, there was a lot of talk about the WBC because Adam Wainwright, he was making his final start before going to the WBC. More on Wainwright coming up in just a bit. Uh, tomorrow, same thing with uh, Miles Michaelis. We've already seen some players exit camp to uh, head to the WBC. And uh, Marmel was asked whether or not he has any injury worry about those guys who are going to play in the World Baseball Classic. I'm not. Um, unless I'm missing something. Like, it doesn't worry me at all. Uh, this is a really good experience. And in talking to the certain guys that have done it, they said they came back more ready than ever because of having experienced that environment and competition early on. Um, it almost locked them into the beginning of the season. So, um, I mean, our, our hope is that those guys stay healthy. But who says they'd stay healthy if they were here? You know, like, you can't control that. So um, I think it's a great experience. They're going to be able to draw from it throughout the year. Um, so, no, I'm, I'm all about it. And he would go on to say that Wainwright, like just about everybody else participating, is excited for the opportunity. I think all those guys are, man. It'll be, it's meaningful for him for, for different reasons. But uh, definitely a good experience for, for all the guys that are going. Yeah, I'm excited for him. 
Speaking of Wainwright, he goes three innings. He ends up uh, allowing three runs on five hits, two strikeouts, no walks. After the game, he talked about the fact that he's dealing, uh, continuing to deal kind of a hitch in his lower body. That's impacting his velocity. He was not able to throw anything over 86 miles per hour today. He also had some sort of burn on his finger where the skin kind of came off of it uh, during the game. So that is uh, impacting him as well. As uh, Marmel talked about him uh, today, uh, said that uh, first and foremost, uh, he's glad that Wainwright was able to get through those three innings. He battled through a couple of non-plays, had to get five outs there in the, in the first with the, the grandma third and the five on the left, and still pitched through it. I know he was battling a couple different things today, so it was good to see him. And despite the fact that uh, we are kind of focusing in on some of the negatives from the day, there absolutely were some encouraging signs about Wainwright's day. It was encouraging to see two things. One, him be able to feel that and get a little bit of uptick and below. And then two, go from landing his curveball 50% of the time to 90. Um, so, yeah, it's good. He mentions uh, the extra outs. We saw an error. We also saw a, uh, a play that was not ruled an error but should have been an out where Juan Yepes lost the ball in the sun out in left field. Uh, before the game, they talked a little bit about Yepes's defense, uh, saying that that's an area that he still needs to continue to improve. We were just talking about it um, playfully. And, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, he just to continue to take steps towards being a solid defender. And he, we were joking about it, but... We're able to joke about it because we can be honest and say, hey, this is where you're at. This is where you need to get to. And he's finding it important. It's one thing when the staff's the one saying, hey, we need you to get here. We need you to get here. We need you to get here. It's another thing when the player is taking ownership over it and saying, this is this is where I want to get to defensively. Um, he's always going to be able to hit. But that's uh, that's next step for him for sure. There was a lot of talk today about Mason Wynn, both before the game and after the game. Uh, before the game, Marmel was asked about him and just his overall body of work and what he's been able to do defensively, offensively, all the way around. And Marmel did say that Wynn's been impressive. This is a really driven kid, super dedicated, takes ownership over his stuff, um, very athletic. And at the end of the day, he's already done it. It's being able to slow the game down. He's all, I mean, naturally going to speed up and play the game pretty quickly he's got a big arm good feet so being able to kind of stay within himself and he's been able to do that even the short amount of time he's been out there up to this point so that's part of it a big part of it taking really good at bats too um just staying within himself kind of taking whatever's given a couple base hits up the middle backside so and then we get into the actual game and at one point Wynn had to make a play where his throw over to first, and he was playing at shortstop today, his throw came in just a tick under 100 miles per hour. It was a really, really uh, impressive throw, and Marmel said that Wynn's arm can be a weapon. It wasn't like a panic throw. It was under control. He just kind of really good arm, yeah. and he's starting to use it when he needs it and not just showing it to show that he has it, but that's one of the times where you need to use it, and uh, it's a nice weapon to have. You know, like I said with uh, Daniel Guerrero in our last segment, for me, like what we had kind of heard about Mason Wynn, because I hadn't seen Wynn play until this year, was we knew about the defense, but offensively it sounded like maybe he was a little bit a step behind. I think from an offensive standpoint, it's a tiny sample size, but from an offensive standpoint, he's looked really good. And Marmel said that they knew that Wynn has uh, the makings of a very special player. 
I would say the reports have been pretty accurate on what we're seeing with Mason, and uh, it's a matter of he's going to continue to grow into his body and kind of get stronger and be able to handle it even better offensively, but understanding who he is as a, as a hitter was described pretty well. And um, he's not trying to do too much. He's staying within himself. He's using the whole field. And no, it's as advertised at the moment. He's done a nice job, though. This is one of those games you don't see it too often in spring, especially this early on in spring. The Cardinals faced off against a bunch of really good pitchers, lefties for the most part, guys who are contributors to what the Astros uh, did in the World Series last year. So there's kind of two schools of thought. Do you try to just put your best lineup out there to have success, or do you, if you got a lefty on the mound, do you specifically try to stack some lefties so they can get experience against left-handers just to create those uh, matchups? And uh, Marmel said that as they built the lineup today against the Astros, they did build it to uh, get certain matchups. You can hit Corman further down, or you can at least guarantee him in a bat against the lefty. Like you can, yeah. So, um, as much as you're trying to optimize the lineup, you're also wanting to optimize opportunities to get guys against certain matchups. And that was a good one to see with with Donnie, and a good one to see with Corman. I think he's staying in there against lefties well. Uh, Corman's taking actually some pretty good at bats left on left. Yeah. So that's, that's been good to see. For me, kind of the player of the game or the most noticeable player uh, in the contest was uh, Jake Woodford. He was really good. Went three innings, did give up a run, but had five strikeouts, just one walk. He was really locating uh, well. Uh, he was the guy that I think kind of opened up eyes as this game uh, went along. And uh, Marmol agreed that Woodford did have a nice game. Slider play. Got some guys up top of the fastball, throw some guys. I thought the Vicks was really good. Um, yeah, I, I, I like what we saw of Woody today. Woodford is somebody that maybe we don't talk about enough. And he spent a little bit of time in the big leagues last year, mostly AAA. His big league numbers were fine. It's just kind of a numbers game right now, especially when it comes to uh, starting pitching. But he's done the whole shuttle between the big leagues and AAA and has uh, certainly added to what he is uh, actually doing in terms of pitching. And Marmel said that Woodford's really done a nice job uh, adjusting to all of it during the course of his career times in your career and there's certain players that have to live that way for a while and uh, he's been one to handle it really well. He's been in a situation where he's gone back and forth. Sometimes he saw it coming, sometimes it wasn't ideal, but he still handled it well and um, I feel like the last adjustments that he's made after being sent down last time as far as the slider goes. He's taken to it and actually has some ownership over it now. Jordan Hicks pitched. He gives up a run on three hits, two strikeouts, no walks. Kind of a up-and-down day for him. Uh, They even got the bullpen up just in case he wasn't going to be able to make it through the inning. He does indeed uh, make it through the inning. It still feels like he's kind of coming along, which is – that's – that's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm talking to you on March 2nd. There's still a whole lot of time left here in uh, spring training. Marmel thought that Hicks got better as the day went along. Ball strike ratio early. I mean, corrected it halfway through. If you just look at, I mean, first, I don't know, 10 pitches. Didn't seem great as far as being able to just pound the zone, but it improved. 
We saw Wilkin Rodriguez. He finished things off. He's a Rule 5 guy. So if there's a, a chance for him to make an impact in the organization, really he's going to have to do it at the big league level. He goes one inning, uh, gives up a run on a hit, one strikeout, no walks. Uh, even with that run that he uh, did give up, uh, Marmel was mostly happy with what they saw from Rodriguez. Fastball at 97, the cutter at 93, 94, that plays right off of that same um, – Fastball. His fastball just has a nat- little bit of natural cut, but then that cutter really takes off. So he got some swing and miss on that. Hung a curveball 0-2 for a homer, but uh, he buries that pitch. It's probably swing miss there. But overall, his stuff looked pretty good. Um, this is a guy that equally as concerning with the pitch clock as Geo would be. We're just more familiar with Geo and. Cooper Jerpy did not play in the game, but a former high-level pick for the Cardinals. Uh, He was kind of on that extra roster, so if things would have gone haywire, there's a possibility that he could have uh, played. Even him not getting in the game, he was still he went through the big league day. He was in the uh, in the bullpen, like he did everything but uh, get into the game. And Marmel said for young guys like that coming along, not really in competition for a major league roster spot, but it's good for them to get that experience just being around major league games. I think it's always good for them to experience what this is like up here. Um, gosh, it's it's nice to have in your memory bank of sitting in the dugout or even in the bullpen and seeing how these guys go about their business. And if you're really paying attention, you, you log a lot of it and, and pay attention in detail as to how they do everything um, from their warm up to what they talk about during the game to what they find important. And you can draw from that once you're back down there in regular minor league camp, as far as here's how it operates up there, here's how they went about their business, and um, you start to add some of that to your day-to-day routine. So part of it is just getting guys up here to be able to experience what it's like and um, so they can mimic it once they go back down. We saw Brendan Donovan uh, start at uh, third base, and obviously he got the gold glove last year as a utility guy. He can play so many different positions. Uh, You would think that most of his time will probably come at second base, but we've seen Nolan Gorman do a really nice job at second, and he's carrying a a pretty solid bat. Donovan can go to the outfield. He can go to third. He can play a little bit of shortstop if uh, if you need. If Tommy Edmonds is going to get a day off, there's a good chance that's going to be uh, Donovan there. And uh, Marmel just talked about that impact that uh, Donovan can make on this team playing so many different positions. The versatility is huge for our club, and he played all of them well, hence why he won it. Um, but there's, and he'll tell you, there's definitely room for improvement. And if there's anybody taking this camp super serious, I mean, he's in that bucket. I mean, he is not wasting a minute out here. Um, whether that's offensively on the bases, you can see that how detailed he is as far as running the bases and the work he's putting in there. And defensively, it's, it's no different. And the final thing from uh, Marmel, he was asked a little bit today about uh, Wilson Contreras as uh, he continues to go through his first camp with the Cardinals. And uh, Marmel said that uh, Contreras continues to be pretty much really impressive in everything that he does. I like him <laughs> a lot. Um, Different than what you would expect when you play against him. He's uh, This guy really cares about his teammates, and that fits in well with the group that we have here because we have a lot of those guys. Um, but as far as culture goes, I, I think we absolutely nailed it with getting the right guy. goes on to say that he really likes Contreras' style of play. Just across the way he plays in a way, and we've, we've talked about it a decent amount, to make sure you don't like him. He, he wants you to feel that way about him, and 
It's one of those guys you don't like competing against, but you like competing with. So that was uh, that's what was mostly said today by uh, Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel between the pregame and the postgame availability. Again, the Cardinals, they end up losing their game today to Houston by a 6 nothing score. They are going to uh, return to action tomorrow against the Marlins. It'll be Miles Michaelis on the mound. He makes his final start before leaving for the World Baseball Classic. The broadcast tomorrow will be available at uh, cardinals.com or wherever you happen to stream games, mlb.com, mlb.tv, the MLB app, whatever it might be. All right, we'll come back. Uh, We'll talk a little Battlehawks football before we get done for the day. We'll do that next. This is Sports Open Line, a gray bar sports open line, broadcasting from the TR Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter. Back with more in just a moment here on KMOX. Back for our final segment, a Gray Bar Sports Open Line, broadcasting from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter. My name is Matt Pauley. Uh, wanted to get a little Battlehawks in here before we uh, call it an evening as uh, they are continuing to get set for their third game. They're going to play their third straight game on the road. Currently 2-0. and They're on a long break right now because they had the Thursday game last week when they beat Seattle, and then they're going to match up against uh, D.C. this upcoming Sunday. Head coach Anthony Beck did a uh, Zoom call with the media earlier today wanted to play a couple things uh, that he had to say again going through this long break but looking for a three and0 start to the season opened up his call just talking a bit about where his team is at right now you know just preparing uh, right now for uh, our game everything's going great um, working on uh, you know continuing to get healthier some of our positions uh, guys look good and um, uh, we're getting good work in so we're excited about this challenge. Uh, D.C. presents a great challenge being 2-0, and well-coached on offense and defense. Reggie Barlow's done a fantastic job of putting themselves uh, in a position to be 2-0. and And, uh, you know, we got to continue to work and get better. And and uh, so far, so good on our end. So uh, look forward to uh, uh, seeing how today's practice goes. Obviously, weather is, is a little crazy today. We're trying to maneuver our, our schedule to, to beat the storms. Hopefully we can get that all in and uh, get better. So as of that, that's kind of what I got for you. One thing the Battle Hawks have had to do to get their two wins is they've had to uh, battle from behind. He uh, talked today about uh, kind of where their focus is and what they need to do to not be playing from behind, but instead to have a fast start and to be able to uh, get ahead early. Yeah, so I think for us, you know, you know, we talk about it every day, you know, going out there and, and playing fast, starting fast. You know, but I don't want to put pressure on our guys to to do more than they have to. I think it just comes down, Andy, to just execution on our part, being better uh, at the start of football games, the second, the third, the fourth series. Uh, you know, our plan is great. Uh, you know, but you know, challenges obviously present themselves this week because of the amount of pressure packages and things that Coach Williams uh, likes to bring to the table uh, on the defensive side. They've they've done a great job. Um, uh, we, we're putting a lot of work in, but, you know, clearly, uh, you know, they, they presented problems for the first two teams that they played. I believe they're the lowest scoring defense uh, in the in the in the XFL right now. So, you know, we have we have a big challenge at hand. So we got to continue to to go out there and just execute better across the board. Uh, we feel good about our belief in finishing games. We've been there. We've done that. But, you know, four quarters obviously is important. And um, we're going to continue to, you know, keep doing what we're doing. I don't think anything changes. It's just, you know, our plan is good. What we what we want to do is good. It's just all of us coaching staff, 
uh, and players executing early in the, in the game. And I think if we do that, we'll, we'll, we'll be fine. And then finally talked about uh, the DC defenders, the team he's going to, the, that the team's going to match up against uh, coming up on Sunday and uh, what they need to do to slow down DC. Yeah. I mean, obviously they have yeah. a two headed, two headed monster at the um, quarterback position. Jordan, uh, Jordan Tamu uh, is a tremendously talented quarterback. He's got a very strong arm, excellent with his legs, uh, presents problems for us. Uh, uh, for what they do on offense. And then when De'Ara King comes in, uh, this guy is, he's, he's, he's not a big in stature. He's hard to find. He's able to hide and, and, and run that kind of quarterback read option run game uh, very well. And they've had success with it. So uh, again, we just have to prepare uh, for all those things. Uh, we have to trust what we do on defense. It's really less about what they're doing and more about what we're doing. We have to execute better at a higher level. I think number one, it starts with tackling. Uh, what we put on film last week is not us as a defense, is not us as a team. It's not how we've practiced uh, throughout training camp. And I expect that to be much better. So I put that challenge out to our football team on defensive side, and I expect them to stand up and be better at that aspect. That was Battlehawks head coach Anthony Beck speaking with the media earlier today. We are looking forward to the Battlehawks getting uh, the home the home portion of the schedule underway. That's going to happen a week from Sunday, Sunday, March twelfth. They're going to match up against Arlington at the Dome, a three o'clock kickoff. And I know a lot of people in St. Louis are very, very, very much looking forward to that as tickets continue to be sold. All right, that's going to do it for uh, our show today. Again, uh, coming up tomorrow, if you want to listen to the Cardinals, you can do so uh, online, MLB.com, Cardinals.com, MLB uh, app, MLB.tv, wherever you uh, listen to your uh, streaming broadcast, that's where it's going to be available tomorrow. Mike Claiborne and myself will have the call. Uh, No sports open line tomorrow night. We've got Slew Bass. They are wrapping up their uh, regular season coming up tomorrow evening. Still trying to figure out what seed they're going to be going into the A-10 tournament. Thanks so much for being tuned in. We'll talk to you tomorrow from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center uh, for the Cardinals game on streaming, for sportscast during total information, PM, and so on and so forth. So even though we don't have a sports open line, we've still got a few things to do coming up tomorrow. Look forward to talking to you then right here on KMOX. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.